Welcome to the Live by Design podcast. I'm your host, Kate House. Join me each week as we come together as a community, sharing how we strive to live each day with intention, with a special focus on cultivating joy and practicing gratitude. Together, let's live by design, not default. Hey friends, and welcome to episode 76 of the Live by Design podcast. This is our very first mini training episode, mini inspiration episode, mini tactical episode. I don't totally know what to call this episode, but I've been inspired to record some mini shows for you. There are times when there's something on my heart that I want to share that I think might be helpful for you or has been helpful in my own personal life and I want to share it with you. And I don't always want to create an entire episode around it. Sometimes I just want to pop into your earbuds, share something from the heart, and let you go on with your day. So be sure to let me know how you like these episodes. Send me a DM over on Instagram at Miss Kate House. That's M-S-K-A-T-E-H-O-U-S-E. Or you can scroll down in your show notes to find it. Or just shoot me an email over at Kate at MissKateHouse.com. I would seriously love to know what you think of these. So earlier this week, I shared a conversation with you that I had with Ginny Gain, and she's a manifestation and law of attraction expert, and it was so much fun to have her on the show. I'm sure you could totally tell in listening that I was like geeking out (laughs) the entire conversation, and what Ginny shared has actually been a really big inspiration for me in embracing ease as my word of the year for 2022 and really my approach to goal setting this year. And while I'm embracing this new tactic for my annual, quote, goals this year, in that I'm not working towards specific numbers, but instead I'm going to lean into the things that really light me up and trust my LBD Co. team members to complete the tasks that are in their own areas of brilliance and definitely not mine, I do still have some loose goals and some personal goals as well for the year. Chief among these goals is training for my first postpartum half marathon. And I don't really know technically what constitutes postpartum, like what uh, amount of time it is after having your most recent child. Um, My youngest was born in 2019, so it's been a number of years, but uh, a lot has happened in that amount of time. And I am just so excited to get back on the road and get running again. Um, Running has always been there for me. I started running at the age of 12. I have an incredible family. I also have a very loud family. (laughs) And so growing up when I needed a little bit of quiet time for myself to think and to just feel, I started going for walks in my neighborhood. And eventually I was like, well, maybe I'll run. (laughs) And so I remember the very first time I went for a run, I actually still remember it because I was wearing these Adidas Samba sneakers. They're like indoor soccer shoes, which is hilarious because I don't play soccer at all, but I thought they were really cool and comfortable to wear. And, um, I regretted running in them. It wasn't the best decision, but I do remember, despite the blisters, being so proud of myself for covering a distance uh, that I had never run before, for doing something that was hard and challenging. And I remember feeling this sense of like exhilaration over the fact that I could do that. Like I didn't know that I could. And once I did, I was like, wow, that was really cool think I'll keep going. (laughs) And now I am 32 years old as of this recording. And I've run, I think it's 13 half marathons, one full marathon and a bunch of 5Ks and 10Ks along the way. And gosh, I just love running. It's so good for my mental health. It's so good for my emotional health and for my physical health, of course. But truly for me, when I'm running, I am showing up as my best self. At least I feel like I'm showing up as my best self. I have to prioritize my sleep 
because running requires energy. So it keeps me from staying up too late at night and encourages me to go to sleep a little bit earlier. And I sleep well because I'm tired. Uh, It also encourages me to eat well. I love sweet things. I eat chocolate probably every day. But when I'm training, I can feel how what I eat impacts my runs and how I feel while I'm out on the road running. And it's important to me to set myself up for success on those runs. I don't want to eat something that makes me feel crummy for five miles. That would totally stink. <laughs> and so, uh, so running helps me do that. Running also makes me a more patient parent because I've worked out all my own stuff on the road. I've thought through things. I've felt through things. Uh, And I'm able to be patient and really present as a parent and as a partner. And the cool thing about running and about this race in particular is that my husband and I are both training for it. And we've run a number of races together. And I have so much fun running with him. He's admittedly a stronger runner and a faster runner. He's a bigger and taller person than I am. And so I have to step a little bit faster to keep up. But Running with him is really fun and something that connects us and bonds us and a way that we can support one another in real time on training runs when we go solo, uh, when we bring our boys, you know, all the different kinds of training runs that you do, we're able to support each other, not to mention on race day itself. And what I really appreciate about training for a race together now for the first time as parents, it forces us to take our intentionality with our time to an entirely new level. Because when it was just the two of us, we could finish work and go for a run and then eat dinner. And the timeline was a little less important because it was just the two of us. So it didn't matter if we ate a little bit later or if we grabbed a smoothie at the gym after a run or something like that. But now with kids, you know, we have dinner routines and bath time routines and bedtime routines and I mean, all the routines. And we have to be super intentional with fitting in not just one person's training run, but both. And I really appreciate that. It's a challenge, yes, but in a really good way. It really helps us um, function well and to support one another in goals, which I really love doing. One thing that I'm focusing on a goal of mine uh, for this race is that I'm not focusing on a specific time at all. Um, I have run races where I've wanted to achieve a personal best or a personal record, a PR, That was back when I was training for two or even three races a year. So I had a really good sense of where my speed was at, where my strength was at, and what was reasonable in that season of life. But right now, uh, my body is different. It changed a lot in going through two pregnancies. Um, I've gained some weight over the course of the pandemic, which I don't say in any kind of judgmental way towards myself. It's just kind of factual. Um, There's just a little bit more of me to run. And so I'm not focusing on a time goal at all. I am focusing on how I want to (laughs) feel during my training session, during my training season, and also how I want to feel during the race itself. What I really want to gift to myself is a 12-week training cycle where I prioritize all the things that make a half marathon successful, the sleep, the eating, the weight training, the stretching, the yoga, the running, of course, I want to gift myself 12 weeks of just being very focused on being in the experience of training for a race. And in my conversation with Ginny Gain earlier this week, we talked a lot about running because I do think it can be very symbolic of goal setting and working towards achieving a goal. And 
we talked about how the race itself is really just like the victory lap, <laughs> like getting to the end goal. Like it's a celebration every step of the way because you're celebrating the person that you're becoming and the person that you're showing up as during your training. And then you get to the final race and you're like, oh man, I already put in all the hard work. This is just the victory lap. So that's really the approach that I'm taking to my training this cycle. I really want to make it a time where I show up as someone who loves herself well, who makes her health and her fitness a priority, and generally speaking, somebody who's just a happier and more present person, because running is just good for me in a holistic sense. And that's what brings me to today's mini tangible takeaway episode. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. (laughs) But I was thinking a lot about racing, running races. I shouldn't say racing because I'm not racing against anybody. I'm just showing up for myself. But in the past, when I have been running regularly and I would start training for a race, as the race would get closer, I would really start to think about what is it that I want to achieve in the race itself, in the 13.1 miles? And what can I do to set myself up for an experience so that when the race is over, I feel successful? And I first learned about this idea of A, B, and C goals years and years ago, like before there were even podcasts. (laughs) And so I don't remember exactly where I learned this from, but I would bet it was Runner's World magazine or their website because I'm a huge Runner's World fan. And I learned about this approach to goal setting for races in particular with A, B, and C goals. The idea being that an A goal is like the best case scenario you're going to run your fastest race ever. The stars align and the wind is at your back and you feel strong and you run every mile a little faster than the one before it. And this is a race that isn't likely to happen every single time you run, but when it does, it feels so, so good. (laughs) I've had one race like this in particular that is just like one of my fondest, most cherished memories. A beagle for me uh, when I approach running is I run and I feel good. I might not be cruising, like I might not feel like I'm on cruise control. I'm still moving and I'm enjoying my time on the road and I'm taking time to like high five every smiling onlooker on the edge of the course. And I've got like a big smile on my face and I finish the race just feeling like joyful during the experience and grateful to have had the experience when it's over. And I would say that's probably like 80% of my races go that way. And a seagull is like a race where you're like, holy crap. That was really challenging. Like maybe the weather doesn't cooperate. I had it happen once where I stepped in a puddle in like mile one. And so I ran with like a soggy shoe for 12 miles. Um, It could be the kind of run where you get a cramp or a stitch in your side that just like never lets up. But like, dang it, you finished the race and that is worth celebrating. So even though you don't hit your eagle, you don't hit your beagle, but you hit your seagull, like you literally get your body over the finish line that can feel successful. And when I talk about success in a race, I talk about it from the standpoint of how do you define success? For me, I'm really just focused on how I feel. There have been times when I'm focusing on time, but that's really not the season that I'm in right now. But when I talk about successful anytime in the podcast, I want you to think about success as you define it, not as how your sister defines it or your brother or your parent or your best friend or, you know, your aunt that has an opinion about everything. I want you to think about how you define success for yourself, because ultimately, when you feel really good when you accomplish a goal, whether it's an A, B, or C goal, it feels the best when it, quote, successful under your own terms. 
Mentally, I really like this approach for A, B, and C goals because it allows me to release all or nothing thinking and to just enjoy the day as it unfolds. So absolutely, I plan ahead of time, I prepare, I hope for a plan A type of race, of course. I love the exhilaration that comes with it, but am I disappointed if I show up and I have a race that's a B or a seagull? No, (laughs) because I set these intentions ahead of time and I feel proud of myself for accomplishing them regardless of how the race turns out. An A goal isn't better than a B goal, isn't better than a seagull. They're all an achievement. They're all worthy of celebrating. And they're all celebrated according to your definition of success. So when I think about my A, B, and C goals for my race in April of 2022, especially with the word ease in mind, just to give you like a tangible example of what this can look like, here's where I'm at. For an A goal, it would be like this race feels like a celebration of the person I've become during my training cycle. I'm proud of the time I invested in my training, and I'm grateful for all the people and the help that allowed me to train along the way. Because let me tell you, as a mom with small children, I do not train in a vacuum. There are a lot of people that help make it happen. And I end the race feeling joyful and ready for a post-race beer. (laughs) For my beagle, maybe I didn't feel like I had my very best race day ever. You know, maybe my legs felt a little heavy or things didn't go as planned, but I showed up with a smile on my face and I take walk breaks as I need them and I eagerly take them and I just show myself grace and I release the quote need to run the whole way without stopping and I just enjoy the miles. And then for my seagull, (laughs) I just crossed the finish line. It might take forever, but am I proud of myself for seeing this goal through, for putting in the time to train well, and while the stars didn't align today, I'm going to take away the sense of self-satisfaction and pride in myself for a job well done. What I really appreciate about these A, B, and C goals, and I touched on this earlier, is you're able to release this all-or-nothing thinking, this very black-and-white thinking. Like, either something is a success or it's a failure. Either something went really well or it was terrible. Or like, oh, I set a PR and it was the best race of my life. Or it absolutely sucked. And that's just not true. (laughs) A lot of life happens in the gray. There is joy and there is pain at the same time. You know, we're humans. We are complex. We can hold a lot of different emotions and feelings and thoughts in us all at the same time. And because of that, I really like this goal setting approach. It doesn't have to be like, yes or no, I didn't or I didn't. I feel a sense of pride in myself or I don't. The sense of pride in yourself is tied to the 12 weeks you spent training. It's in the 12 weeks that you spent showing up for yourself on the days when you didn't feel like it, on the days you were tired or you were sore or the weather sucked or whatever, (laughs) but you still showed up for yourself. And maybe it's showing up for yourself on the day when you have a run scheduled and you recognize like, no, this actually is not a good day for a run for whatever reason. And instead, You do something that nourishes you. You do some yin yoga. You stretch for a long time. Maybe you take a hot bath to relax your muscles and you do your run the next day. Showing yourself grace and showing up for yourself can look different depending on the circumstances of that day. But that's why I like this goal setting approach because it's not about the end product. I mean, yeah, I want to cross the finish line, um, but if I've trained effectively, barring an injury, like I will make it across the finish line. It might take forever, which was the case for my first marathon. My only marathon, I should say, took me almost six hours to complete because I ran the first 13 miles and then I basically walked the last 13. I ran, walked it. It was a real, real struggle. 
I wasn't on the struggle bus. Like the struggle bus ran over me and I was like holding onto the bumper with like one hand. <laughs> and but I still crossed the finish line. And so I finished that day feeling successful because I hit my C goal for that day. And I really do think that you can use this goal setting technique for a lot of different goals in your life. So I use it all the time in the afternoons when I work out, when my boys nap and have quiet time. My two-year-old still naps most days. Uh, My four-year-old really doesn't anymore, but he has this quiet time in his room with his Legos. And that's the time that I use to move my body and to sweat joyfully each day. So if everything goes well, my A goal is that I do a warm-up ride on my Peloton. I do the ride, like a something that gets my heart rate up for maybe 20 or 30 minutes. I'll do a cool-down ride. And then 10 minutes of core, 5 to 10 minutes of core, let's be real, 10 minutes of strength training, and then 10 minutes of stretching. That's like if I want to get everything in to sweat joyfully that day, that's like my ideal. Like if I didn't have toddlers to juggle, that is exactly what I would be doing. Does that happen every day? No, <laughs> definitely not. So some days my beagle looks like I get in my warm up ride, I get in my ride, I get in my cool down ride. And at some point, somebody wanders into my room or somebody is crying or somebody needs something and I stop it there for the day. And that's fine. And a seagull is like, I got my warm-up ride in and maybe part of the ride I had planned. And yeah, maybe I have to break up a toddler tussle or, you know, something happens that's outside of my control and I have to stop and I press pause and I don't get back to it. And I'm okay with that too, because what I'm most focused on to feel successful with my afternoon sweat session is that I stay in the habit of doing it, that we eat lunch, we come upstairs, we do nap time and quiet time routine. And then I have time to myself. And it's really important to me that I continue to use that time. The habit that I've established is that I get my kids in their rooms. I immediately change into my workout clothes. I've already brought my water bottle upstairs with me after lunch and I jump on my bike. And I do the bike first because for me, that's the lowest barrier to entry. I get on the bike, I set my Apple watch to like an indoor cycling ride, and then I choose the classes that I'm going to take and I just go from there. And sure, there are days when I don't feel like doing my ride, but oftentimes once you start doing the thing, it's not so hard. The hardest part is just starting. And so I'm more concerned with keeping the inertia, keeping that forward momentum of every day I get the kids down and then I spend time sweating joyfully and celebrating the body that I'm in and the strength that I'm building and the endurance that I'm building and, you know, the mental things that I get to work through and the emotional things that I work through on my bike. And so that's kind of what A, B, and C goals can look like in a much smaller setting. And I believe that you can use this approach to A, B, and C goals in so many different areas of your life. I think what makes them really useful is two things. One is letting go of that black and white thinking that we talked about earlier, that all or nothing thinking. Like, for example, either I'm going to get my entire hour workout in where I ride my bike and I strength train, I work on my core and I stretch, or I'm not going to do anything at all and I'm going to fuel my body with foods that make it feel crummy and I'm not going to prioritize my sleep and all the things that give me this kind of downward vortex of yucky energy or I have to do it all. I have to work out and do all the things, right? And that kind of all or nothing thinking can be really tricky. It can prevent you from taking small steps forward because these eagles, they're not always something that happens every single day or every single race or however you're implementing this. What's more important is that you're showing up for yourself. You're establishing a habit or a routine 
you're celebrating the person you're becoming along the way, reaching towards these goals, and you feel successful in the end because your C goal is something you can almost certainly attain, and your B goal feels even a little bit bigger than that, and your A goal a little bit bigger than that still. But you've defined what success means to you personally. You've set yourself up for success in that you're definitely going to hit your C goal, and that will feel really good, maybe give you a boost of confidence, it can be very validating, give you just a sense of self-satisfaction and pride in yourself, not in a boastful way, but in a, I did something hard and I showed up for myself and it feels really good kind of way. And you've released this idea that you have to either do everything all at once or like, forget it. I'm just going to not do anything at all. I know I say this on the podcast all the time, but consistency compounds. You know, if you show up for yourself every single day, even in these small pockets of time, it can lead to huge shifts over time. For example, if your goal is I want to move my body joyfully every day and your C goal for every day is to walk one mile, if you show up and you do your C goal every single day, at the end of a year, you will have walked 365 miles. Take Google Maps and open up where you are and map out where 365 miles is. You will have walked that distance. And if you just decided like, well, I can't do my A goal, which is maybe, I don't know, walk four miles or something, it's not worth my time if I don't do my A goal. But if you do your C goal every single day, you still get really far. I know that's a very, you know, specific example, but I want to give you that tangible example of miles because so often I think we just get stuck in this idea that we have to do it all or nothing at all. What I'm trying to encourage you to do with these A, B, and C goals is to show up for yourself every day, to set yourself a super attainable C goal and grow from there. You know, the day that you get your A goal and your B goal, you're like, yeah, I'm crushing it. That feels awesome. And the day that you get your C goal, which is probably more days than not, you're like, heck yeah, I showed up for myself. I did the thing. I walked the mile. I read 10 pages of a book. I meditated for five minutes, whatever it is, but you did it. You showed up for yourself. And I want you to get in the habit of showing up for yourself, doing something that gives you pride in yourself. And that's what I think the beauty of the A, B, and C goal is, is that you get to define success, you get to show up for yourself, and you get to release this all or nothing thinking and just make that consistent progress. So if as you're listening to this, a goal or something you want to achieve has come to mind, I would love for you to sit down right now and write out your A, B, and C goals. And I want to help you do that. So head over to my website at misskatehouse.com slash A, B, C goals. That's M-S-K-A-T-E. H-O-U-S-E dot com slash A-B-C goals. And there I've created a free resource for you that walks you through this entire process of setting your A, B, and C goals. And after you've done this, hop over to Instagram or shoot me an email and let me know what your goals are. I would love to cheer you on and be there to support you along the way. All right, friends. Well, that was our first mini training episode. I'm not totally sure how many it's going to end up being because you know me, I sit down at the mic and I could just talk for days, but I hope that this episode provides you some tangible things that you can start implementing in your own life starting today to reach your goals, to take one step forward every single day in the direction of your dreams. And friend, as you're listening to this, speaking of dreams, if you could do me a favor and leave a five-star rating and a short review of the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, I would be so grateful for your time. 
It's reviews that speak kindly of the show and share what your takeaways have been or what your favorite part about listening is that really helps me grow our community and grow our audience and hopefully have an impact in more lives because that's why I do this. I show up because I want all of us to live by design and not by default. And I always appreciate your help in spreading that message. I will be back in your earbuds next week as I share my morning routine and how I use it to set my day up for success and how you can adapt to that approach to do the same in your own life. Until that time, friend, spread some joy, make someone smile.